Good morning, Friday, June 10th. Let's talk some NBA basketball. We've got an important game today. The Warriors visiting the Celtics. If the, if the Warriors lose, they're probably done. Now, will they lose, and what will the total be? How can we bet in this game? Well, I'm going to bet the under 214. The money is moving slightly that way. This does seem to set up very nicely for an under. I don't want to get into zigzag stuff. If you want to look at zigzag, certainly it, it, it sets up for an under. That's not a very smart betting strategy, but it's a trend that's intriguing. We'll just say that. That's what that's worth, not necessarily a betting strategy. Not not a betting strategy. Now, I have it at 108, Boston, 104, Golden State. So that's barely under the 214. The eyeball tells me it's more than that. you got to look at Steph Curry. He's banged up. He's, he's playing. He's listed as probable. He says he is playing. There's a few other injury concerns as well. you got the center over on the Boston side, uh, although he's not, a, he's not their major minutes guy. He does start out as the center and does contribute. You've got some more injury concerns on Golden State as well. That happens. The major one you have to look at is Steph. Now, best case scenario is he's not hampered at all, or he's hampered, but somehow he lights it up from three-point range anyway. That's not a strategy that makes any sense, that he does it anyway on a bum ankle, because he's not going to be able to get open as easy if he's not as nimble. So, best case scenario, though, I still like the under. But what's the other scenario? We don't have to go all the way to the worst case scenario, but the other scenario is he's not 100% and he's unable to score as much. When, you, when you're leading to score on the team and you're hobbled, the game should go under. It hasn't moved a lot to the under, probably because he's playing. We're going to take the under on this, but only for half a unit. Now, how about this winning side versus... There's two, two angles we're looking at here. Who's going to win the game and what's the smart play, meaning spread or money line? Well, the money line on the favorite should be thrown out, but it should be looked at on the dog. And here's what I mean by that. About 98% of the playoff games this year in the NBA, the point spread has been basically irrelevant. Meaning, if the favorite wins, they're not winning by one, two, or three if they're a four-point favorite. They're covering the spread, whether that's four points or ten points. So in today's game, Boston, a four-point favorite, if you think Boston's going to win, and if Boston wins... It's not going to be by one at the buzzer or by three at the buzzer. It's going to be by five or 15. They're covering the spread if they win. If history is any indication of this playoff, and it sure seems to be, and more importantly for these two teams it is as well. So money line on Boston makes absolutely no sense. You're paying an enormous amount of juice, chalk. You're laying a lot of chalk to take Boston. You take them at the minus 110, to cover the spread. It's just that simple. Now, what about the other side? Well, the same thing holds true. If you think Golden State's going to win this, you take them by the money line. Why do I say that? Because these two teams and all of the NBA playoffs have shown this year that if the underdog wins wins the bet, they're also winning the game. So Golden State, a four-point underdog, if you take Golden State plus four and they win the game, obviously you win the bet. But there hasn't been any instances where the underdog team, at four, getting four points, loses by two. And therefore, you win the bet, but your team doesn't come and win the game. So you just take the money line. Now, that doesn't mean you automatically take the underdog because the favorite is winning more often than not and covering the spread. So the underdog, just betting underdog is not necessarily smart either. You have to think they're going to win the game. I happen to think that Golden State probably wins this game. I'll put a half unit on Golden State plus 145.
Now, if you want to play into this same game probably stuff, obviously you could push the number up on the 214, get it up there in the 220s. You could take Golden State up in the, maybe you can get it to double digits. I'm not, I didn't even look because I don't, I don't, unless I feel there's a real, real possibility that, that these numbers are so tight that just giving yourself five to 10 points guarantees you a win, which still doesn't mean you're going to win the bet, but it, I don't look at this this way. There's, there's too many variables here, but I'll take Golden State for half unit plus 145. I think this is, this game, I said earlier, it's, you know, it's a six or seven game series. So you got to win this for Golden State. Now, I, I've also said before, I don't like to put too much stock into uh, pre-series or series betting because that taints anywhere between four and seven individual games for me because you're already, you've invested your handicapping too much in the first game, the, the, the series, and therefore you're already in your mind decided that you have the right numbers to pick one side. And therefore, if I had picked Golden State to win the series in serious manner, putting money on it, I need them to win this game. And therefore, my handicapping is tainted on this. It's just human nature. So I do think it was, I'd say it would go six or seven games. Uh, you know, take that for what it's worth. They need to, Golden State need to win this to extend the series. Otherwise, it's not going very far, I wouldn't think. But there's a lot of variables. So... It is what it is. I'm taking under 214 and taking Golden State plus 145. I'm doing it for half unit each, and that's what it is. But please take that to heart, if you will, on the money line stuff. I've seen even some professional betters taking money line in Boston, and I have to wonder what their logic is. The only thing that matters here is that you've seen both Boston and Golden State bounce back from losses all playoffs long. They, When they lose a game, they pretty much win the next game. It's just that simple. So that's what we're going to do here. You want to call that a zigzag, you can call it a zigzag. That's not a zigzag theory. It's it's a bounce back theory. Let's uh, move on to baseball. I've got five games of value. We're going to take the Yankees on the run line. Minus one and a half, minus 120. Got to pay a little bit of juice. And they are at home, which is a disadvantage for the run line. Got to win by two, as we've discussed before. And as you, as I know, I've got a lot of big time betters on this podcast. You know that that's no, we're talking about, so this is for the value of the, the newbies, I guess. The, the home team on the run line is a disadvantage because if you uh, are going into the bottom of the ninth or any extra innings with a uh, tie game or even behind and you get to one point advantage, the game is over. So... Minus one and a half is a disadvantage for the home team. So I'm looking at them to be up by two or more before we get to the bottom of the ninth. Now, how comfortable are, am I with that? Well, look what the Yankees did yesterday. We won that game despite Garrett Cole being a turd. I mean, I don't know. He, he was playing like, you know, he was high school pitcher against MLB, MLB players yesterday. So the Yankees outscored their opponent. Well, that's going to happen today. All right. Now, Milwaukee. Boy, Milwaukee's burned me twice now. This is still a contrarian play. Now you're on the road. You, you just lost a bunch of games at home. Now you go on the road and you're playing Washington. I don't like Washington in this spot. I don't like them at all. 
they they're coming off an enormous road trip with no break and as i mentioned before and this is pretty common knowledge a road a long road trip in any sport and baseball is definitely an example of that because you're playing basically every day so even more so than the nba and, and hockey although those are key but baseball teams coming off a long road trip and you don't give them a day off for the next day so they can get acclimated back home, take care of personal business. They usually have, that's, it's, a, it's a bet against spot. Doesn't mean you always win that, but it is a bet against spot until proven otherwise. So you start with betting against Washington in this example and then try to figure out a reason why you would bet on them. Well, I also have a hard time betting against Milwaukee here situationally. And they also have a problem betting against the pitcher from Milwaukee here with Aaron Ashby, in this case as a lefty and prevent, presenting problems for Washington. And then Eric Fetty, I, I don't see him doing well against Milwaukee. So I'm going to take Milwaukee minus one and a half, minus 110. I'll do it for half a unit. But I also take, I'm going to do this a little different. I'm going to take the same game probably, but I'm get, I want some plus money out of this. I want Milwaukee to win, just win, and over seven and a half for the game at plus 155, plus 155. Now the, the game total start open at eight and a half is now down to eight. So we're still good at over seven and a half. If you want to say that if it gets to eight, we have a win. The problem here is it's going a little bit against the money. A little bit of the money is moving it from eight and a half down to eight. Okay. Moving against the line move, I guess we should say there, is more accurate. But I think you'll see some sharp money taking the over in this game. I, I do believe Milwaukee can light it up in this situation. Now, I know you can't catch a falling knife. Milwaukee's been struggling. So why am I predicting them to, to break out and score today? Again, look at the pitching matchup. Eric Fetty here, 488 ERA, 1.57 whip. Now, he's a right-handed pitcher. Um, what does Milwaukee do against hitting? Well, they're poor in general. They're, they're 235 against righties and 210 against lefties. So if you want them to break out, you take you do it against a right-handed guy. And again, as I said, the, the home and away here. Now, Milwaukee has been struggling. 0, 0, 4, 2, 0, 3. That's their point output in the last six games that they've all lost. Obviously, they're not going to score much when you lose. So when you win, what are you doing? Well, they've won two out of their last 10 games. They, they scored five and three in those games. And the games that they lost against the Cubs, seven and three. So they put some points up there. Um, they haven't supported Ashby much. So we have to keep that in mind. But that's what I like. I'm taking it at plus 155, and I'm doing that for half unit and the other one for half unit. You can you can talk all you want about where where are the numbers and I think I've given those. I think the numbers indicate that this is a breakout time. That the situational indicates it's a breakout breakout time. The numbers indicate that they will hit the righty if they're going to hit it all. I guess is the safest way to say that. And Fetty, well, you know, I should pull up what I was looking at when I was handicapping this for his recent uh, recent outings here because that was important to me on what I was seeing. He's 1-2, and 5 ERA at home. What are his recent outings? 
So he has given up in his last two games, well, one in the third innings, he got pulled early, eight, eight hits, six earned runs. The very next game, which you'd expect to bounce back, four and two-thirds innings, seven hits, four earned runs. So also had to be pulled fairly early. 86 pitch count to get through that. 52 in the previous, 52 pitches through one in the third inning. Uh, before that, he did throw a, a six-inning shutout. Before that, five innings, two runs. Before that, four innings, three runs. I, I don't see it happening. Against the Brewers, he got beat seven to nothing. And that was this year, May 20th. So it's about as recent as you're going to get in a starting pitcher world. Uh, he he wasn't the worst part of that. He gave up f- f- uh, two earned runs on four hits in five and two-thirds innings, but Milwaukee crushed the team later on in the, in the, in the uh, reliever game. So I like it to happen again. Now, that was obviously seven. I need, I need eight, but that was zero by Washington. So let's look for eight to happen. All right. Now the next one, Toronto. I got to do this same game parlay only. I don't have anything on the side that I like. Toronto, uh, I have it 5.06, and Detroit 3.66. I'm taking Toronto to win and the game to go under 11.5 at plus 115. Now, that makes sense to me considering I do think this is going to be a lower-scoring game. Rodriguez and Berrios will get it done. The handedness of the pitchers matches up well for a lower-scoring game. And the line's at nine. I'm just I want it to be eleven or less. And I think eleven is key here. I don't like ten. I like under eleven and a half. Not under not under ten and a half. I do not like that one. I need the I need the eleven, just in case. Look at that as a ceiling is what I'm saying there. We're gonna do the exact same bet. Houston and under eleven and a half at minus 105. This one looks even stronger to the under. Houston 4.29, and Miami 3.79. Houston to win at home, just win the game. I like it. Those are both one unit, by the way, those two uh, similar bets for Toronto and Houston and the unders. And finally, we'll finish up with San Diego and Colorado. I'll take San Diego on the run line, minus 1.5, minus 115. The total doesn't have a lot of interest to me there. I just I feel like there's a margin on this game when the game's done. Again, we're at disadvantage as the home team. But Joe Musgrove against Chad Cool. this is a mismatch of significant proportions. The handedness of the pitchers matches up well with for San Diego and against Colorado. Colorado smacks lefties around, not so good against righties. And it's certainly not a harm with uh, San Diego facing a righty. And Musgrove has been phenomenal. 1.64 ERA, 0.92 whip. Cool's not been bad, 317 and 126. So that would tend to think it's a low-scoring game. But yet... Where are you going to cover that spread? Well, Colorado, when they lose, they lose. So that's the thing we're looking for there. And, and San Diego, when they win, they're covering. They've won five games in the last ten is all, but they've covered my margin in all of those. The lowest victory margin was two. You got seven, four, two, seven, and, and 11. So if they win, they're probably covering that spread there. These are against good teams, St. Louis, Milwaukee, and, and the Mets. Specifically against the Mets, they were crushing them there in the last two games. Colorado lost by 13, 7, 2, 4, 1, and 1 against. Those are the two that would be concerning. Now the pitching matchups between them in their last games. Now again, Musgrove is really good at home. Cool's obviously good on the road. If he's good at all, he's going to be good on the road considering he's a Colorado pitcher. 
Now for his games this year in his last 10 games, there's a lot of unders, a lot of unders. So that's what scares me with the total. When he loses, he's got five losses, three, six, three. Uh, there's a one and a two. So four of those games have been by margin. When Musgrove's, Musgrove's last 10 starts, win by three, win by 11, win by four, win by three, win by three, win by one, win by four, win by one again. And then there's a loss, so he's won nine of his 10 games, and then he won by seven. So there's not a lot of fear in my mind there. I don't want to pay the money line by itself. I don't want to get involved with the total. I just want to take San Diego by two. And by the way, I do have it San Diego 4.98, Colorado 3.55. And as I mentioned, once I get to one point margin on the numbers, you got to start looking strongly at run line plays. So San Diego run line, New York Yankees run line. We've got the Milwaukee game for half of it on the run line and the other half on the parlay with the over seven and a half at big plus money. We've got the Toronto game with under 11 and a half and the Houston game with under 11 and a half. So those are all the bets. And then we'll do the parlay. And then remember, we have the Golden State and the under for half unit each. And then we're going to do the parlays. I'm not going to let Milwaukee ruin both of us if they still can't pull out of their funk. But I'll do the Yankees and the Padres as a two-leg parlay. And I'll do the Yankees, Padres, and Brewers as a three-team parlay. Remember, those are only a quarter of a unit for the two-legger. And half of that, so one-eighth of one unit on the three-legger, just for fun. These are the, the pizza and the beer, we're calling them. Just, you know, it depends how big you bet on it. Maybe it's just a candy bar, <laughs> a gallon of gas. Or maybe it's a uh, new shirt, or who knows. But anyway, good luck with these.